This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. With a hunger for fame And a face and a name to remember The past fades away Because as of this day Norma Jean's gone She's moving on Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I'm your host this week, Karen Randazzo, and with me as always is my scheming new assistant, Chris Randazzo. Don't well me. <laughs> Inappropriate but brilliant director, Evan Goldstein. You're sitting up very straight. And budding Broadway ingenue, Angie Furnot. I wish I was fat. <laughs> this is episode 213 for the week of July 9th. 2020. Tonight, we will be discussing Smash Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. But before we get to that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what you're watching. Tell us what you're excited to watch next. Tell us what you think we should watch that we're not. And tell us anything you want. We always want to hear from you, the listener. Tell us your shoe size. I just want to know. That's weird. Tell something. <laughs> That's weird. Wasn't there a Monty Python sketch where they, you know, would knock on the door and ask what your shoe, shoe size was? Do I? I, I have the only no one? idea, but now I need to know if that was really a thing. My, I, I honestly, I'm the pretty only thing sure I take away is. is like the Ministry of Silly Walks will forever be burned into my brain in the most beautiful place. You, my friend, need to revisit your Monty Python. There's so much more <laughs> to be mined there. I know. I just <laughs> loved it so much. It's excellent, excellent. In fact, I saw a news story recently that someone had posted a sign outside their house in England that they were the Ministry of Silly Walks and that you were to do a silly walk if you were walking past their house. And, and they sat a camera set up and captured some fun stuff. Oh, my God. That should have been in our news this week just because it's so great. Because <laughs> I want to watch that. Speaking of watching things, ha-ha! Oh, talk about Segway! <laughs> what you guys been up to? Uh, we, honey, you go. Uh, sure. Um, I won't let you talk much once we get to our episodes. That's very, so. very true. Uh, I don't even... Did we watch any episodes of Castle this week? Like one. Okay, so maybe one episode of Castle. I've fallen asleep to a couple of episodes of Ghost Hunters. Um, but this week, for some weird reason, I started a rewatch of the show Jericho. What? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why. Why that reaction? I just need to know. I just, it's a show that I know so little about that I can't believe someone would rewatch it, let alone watch it. So I watched it a lot, you know, when it was on in 2006. Um, and for some reason... I, I I think I was reading a news story about how um, certain like 
shows that have been saved and the things that the fans have done to save said shows and one of like this is the one that was said they sent peanuts right yeah, like forty thousand pounds of peanuts was sent to cbs uh for them to get a second season or something like that and that clicked in my head i'm like i remember liking that show and it was heavy drama it's about the you know nuclear explosions and you know intrigue and i'm like i want to see if it you know i want to check it out again i, I remember and enjoyed it and i'm i am i'm it's holding up for me i'm i'm enjoying it quite a bit i mean it is a dark topic um it is not a fun watch but it is really well done um skeet I think his name is Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich? <laughs> yeah. He plays, like, he's got Yo, a lot skeet, of intrigue. Skeet, motherfucker. Okay, sorry. <laughs> got a lot of intrigue about him and what he did. It, it's just, <laughs> it's not, it's not funny at all. Like, it's not, it's not a fun show, but it, it is, like, definitely getting me to go from episode to episode to episode. So, I'm enjoying the hell mm. out of that. And I think I may have watched one or two episodes of Futurama. Oh, we watched a couple episodes of, um... We watched Avatar today. Avatar today, too. Oh, man. Ooh, okay, yeah. so can we just... Chris, this is our moment again. Okay. I got it. First of all, when when you guys watched the season finale for season one, did... Like, was there any reaction for John... Uh, yeah, you say his name. Okay, sorry. Yeah. For John, when, um, when you guys were looking at the face dealer, like, when he... Yeah, yeah, that was scary. I didn't notice any. Okay. Uh, and they haven't mentioned it since, which surprised me because that shit is freaky. I'm sure it just manifests in his nightmares. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, because I like we were watching that, and I was like, "How did that not come up in conversation?" Like it creeps me out. So that was the it first. Creeps thing. me out too, and I was surprised that it didn't really seem to didn't really seem to bother them very much. Yeah, like completely unfazed, evil little gremlins. I can't believe children. They don't make any sense <laughs> to me. Um. But there was that, and then there was also the one thing that I just had to point out because we we were on that episode. The when the when the moon spirit is killed, and the whole episode goes black and white, but they have like flashes the of red color tint to it. Well, no. Well, it, after the mm. red tint, like first there's the red tint. Oh right, yeah, it goes black and white. That's right, yeah. And it was like the the th like yeah, they had Ua's eyes were blue. Okay, cool, whatever, that's fine. But then they had like the like the fire bending specifically. It would like illuminate aspects of the animation, and I just like it blew my freaking mind. It, like it, it looked like it every time the the fire nation sh struck or or you know shot fire, it turned it color in that light lit mm -hmm. area which was really a neat effect like I, I i curious as to what made them think to do that as opposed to just lighting it up or you know because they literally went all black and white not muted color tones they black and white or full vibrant color in these lit up areas it was neat i like that show that's a good show it's a very that good, is show. A good show seeing the the sister for the first time again well i mean it was seeing so she was in azula was in, in the episode where he like explains the agni kai but then she's in it for like wasn't she she was sitting second. in the yeah she's she doesn't there, have a line like, it, she's just next to him smiling right it, uh, exactly so yeah. there was this like setup of like oh that crazy <laughs> bitch <laughs> and <so> then <laughs> we watched what two or three episodes of it today and the best yeah. scene for me is when uh 
they are getting like he oh was is it fe- the lovers the, no 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 the, that was oh, cute okay they uh sh- the, the sister is trapping them and they the the they get into the fight on the boat and she starts you know channeling the electricity and all of a sudden uncle grabs oh, her hand yeah. and her, shoots yep. it off into the I, oh <laughs> wow badass mother right there <laughs> yes and I watched the episode today. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Go, go no, ahead. No, no, no. Go. It's fine. I will come back to this. Pro show. <laughs> I watched the episode today with John uh, and Ellie, and he was really into it, which made me so happy. The one where um, they finally get Appa back. Yay. Yay. And that whole the, the speech that Iroh gives Zuko, where, he, where he, he walks into there, and he's just like, you never think these things through. It's just like with you at the North Pole. You had him, and then you didn't know what to do with him. And he was like, no, I would have figured something. I was like, no, you wouldn't. If his friends didn't find you, you would have died. And I, I absolutely love that. I love that speech. I love that Zuko let him go. I love, ah, I love that episode. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, um... and John was, like, into it. Like, he was... Oh, as soon as it's, I, it always makes me happy when it's over, and he's like, "So what's next? <laughs> like, where do they, where do they go next?" And you know, he woke up super late today, so <laughs> we can only really watch one. But we've got two episodes left of uh, the of the the Earth season, and then we're onto the Fire Sea. I can't wait for him to see that because he's going to be. I don't think he's ever seen anything with a with a time jump before, no. like. It's because it's I, I can't think of anything that he's seen where it's like something happens and then they wake up a while later uh, and like not like years later or anything, but it's like a decent chunk of time later that Ang's been out after the end of the second season. And I'm really stoked to see for him to see like where all that goes, because, man, season three is so stupid. Good. I forgot yeah. how how I don't know, dramatic the introduction of the earth kingdom like f- first where he, he the i forget their names where he uh they're trying to get the avatar oh, when they're trying to get oh, the avatar God, state, trying so to get state going and to he, coax the avatar state oh, out yeah. of them and that was that guy was insane like and but that's one of the things i love about this show right because you know that the main villain is supposed to be the fire nation but even someone who's supposed to be one of your allies it shows like there everybody in that show still has flaws like the avatar state despite its great incredible power has this like dark side to it like the like anytime he goes into avatar state it's actually when he's the most destructive and then he's ha- he ha- but also the-, the most vulnerable and also yes but 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 it's it for me it's about like because Aang is such a pacifist that like the end of season 1 when he's i mean he's like literally you know he's killing all of those troops in in the northern water tribe and then in addition to that when you get to the point where he's being forced into the avatar state by this general like this is this is a general of the earth kingdom like nation yeah he's supposed to be trusting these guys and and they're like yeah like victory at any cost and it just kind of to me shows like some of that ambiguity and I really, really love that they deal with things like that. And also, twice, I think, in the season finale, uh, for season one, you see attempts to... No, it's not even attempts. It's it's genuine, like... Uh, attempt, no, I guess, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, actions. <laughs> there we go. That's the word. Actions to 
preserve the life of an enemy. So first it's Aang saving Zuko after he gets rescued by his friends. And then it was um, when Zuko was fighting uh, uh, Super Dick, let me kill the moon god face. What's his name? Ja Admiral Zhao. Admiral Zhao, yeah. Like he's fighting Zhao and then like he tries to save him when the spirit takes him. And, oh, and then and Zhao pulls his fist yeah. back. And every single time I see that, it's one of my favorite callbacks in like Legend of Korra, where you see what happened to him, and it's it's like super brief, but like, oh damn, that's Zhao. That's crazy. What a callback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and like just seeing seeing I don't know. There's there's so many little lessons in this show about you know just because somebody is your enemy does not mean that they their life does not have value which is a very buddhist teaching because buddhism encourages you not to even have enemies um so it's it's just amazing uh, every time i watch the show oh i fall in love all over again it is pretty darn wonderful and i love that john is i i love showing it to john because it does have all these important lessons in it but i'm also really really excited and I, i'm still nervous but i'm excited for the live action retelling of it mm -hmm. because not only because uh you know it's it's the it, the original you know the creators are involved which is good um but you know th this is definitely all these life stories told through a children's cartoon mm -hmm. and i know that there are there are people out there that would like this story but it's hard to get past what it is hi hi yeah like like karen it's it's hard to get past that to get into it because mm. it is still like am, am i i feel like my dad is another candidate for this i'm sure he'd love this this mythology and love this world and this story but i don't think he would get past the fact that it's a children's cartoon because stylistically that's just that's just a thing there's a lot there and they got a lot better at a lot of things later on in the show like they hadn't really parsed out the whole like all the a all animals in this show are two different animals combined they didn't really have that figured out at the very beginning of the show mm. um what so when you're uh wolf bats yeah wolf bats <laughs> wolf and when they go to the earth kingdom like see his bear you mean his his bear duck no it just says bear that's weird <laughs> there are a couple of little things that they hadn't a hundred percent ironed out at the beginning because this was it's, it's early on it's go you know, but it's also lightning in a bottle in a lot of ways so to to see them have an have a uh, an opportunity to retell this story in a way that would reach a different audience is exciting yeah. because uh it's not like the live action remake or whatever is meant to replace the existing one. It's just a it's a different flavor to get this story to a different audience yeah. and I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I wish somebody would do that with something like Dragon Ball because it's a it's a great story told incredibly poorly. Mhm. Mm <laughs> What do you mean? That unabridged stuff is great, or abridged. That was well, yeah, easy. Dragon Ball Z abridged is fantastic, but... <laughs> it's funny, because there's this kid that, that works for me, and first, he I, he asked for Korra, and I gave that to him, and now every day, he, like, he's like, he's so excited to talk to me about it. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen that in a minute, so stop, because I'm working my way through Avatar. Stop! Um, and... Now it's it's the he, he, um what, what Studio Ghibli like I gave him those as well mm -hmm. and it's like he's like what should I watch I'm like I, I gave you fifteen movies 
I don't know, go alphabetical. Just start with Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> gonna fine. go good. It's you know what I'm saying? And he's like Watch him in release date order. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And, and then he starts to talk to me about Dragon Ball. I'm like, dude, nope, whoop, stop. Unless you're talking abridged, I am gonna be completely lost. Not gonna happen. <laughs> and barely keep up with the abridged. That's when you just call me. It's alright. I don't know if it's a conversation I wanna have. That seems, you know. A little too much for me. Oh. But yeah, we so we watched we watched a good amount of that today and I he had me cracking up because he just relates so much to Sokka. <laughs> we watched an episode. Well, I, I mean I've only seen a little bit of it, but I love Sokka. I think he's my favorite. <laughs> there is a, they're going through that the, the, the Secret cave of lovers. Two lovers or whatever. Oh my god, and the fucking minstrels. <laughs> <laughs> the Avatar hippies as I called them at the very beginning of the episode. <laughs> at the end of the Why episode, is your forehead yes. red? Hey, don't anybody react, but I think that guy is the avatar. Slap Smack face pop. <laughs> uh, Evan literally pretty much like, my identity is sarcasm and meat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think I've ever seen you relate so much to a television it's, character. It's funny. Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh would have anybody else got anything else? Chris, did you get to anything else besides stuff with the kids this week? Uh, no, I did not, with the exception of, and I know it's not technically a TV show, but I don't really know what else to fit it because it's not a movie either. Karen and I watched Hamilton. <laughs> I was hoping you'd talk I about I this. I knew we were going to talk about it, and I'm, I'm, li- I'm a little upset that I we mean, didn't watch it. I thought oh, we'd didn't. watch it tomorrow. No, we're probably going to watch it tomorrow. I was going to propose the uh, idea. I, mean, I didn't know you were actually interested in watching it. Yes, honey. Just because uh-huh. I put I wasn't Blank gonna... Man on the uh, on the Plex as well, it doesn't mean it <laughs> overshadows <laughs> Hamilton. I wasn't going to shove it down anybody's throat because it is indeed a movie, but we watched it on our TV, so I don't know. I guess well, it counts. I mean, that's just it. Is it a movie? It's it's a. It is technically. A, it's a, it was intended to be released as a feature film. So wait, oh, wait, okay. wait, wait. Well, is this not like? It's a like studio. A, it's no, a recording. It's, it's literally the stage play. It is. It okay. is a. It is a recording of the stage play. Okay, that's but what is I it a, like. Is it a a live stage? How do I how do I say this? Yeah, yes, there's, there's, there's an audience okay. and everything. Okay. Yes, there's an audience. It's, so they if they it's do the stage play flub. with cameras, multiple cameras, gotcha. you know, yeah. taking shots and stuff. Like and that, that's which the is thing. Awesome. The direction of the film slightly changes the telling of the story because the director chooses to focus cameras in on certain moments gotcha so interesting so it's not just a, a wide shot like as if you're sitting in the mezzanine yeah. no it's no. not at all uh, static it. it's it's very visually interesting which i mean even if it were static it would be visually interesting because that show is beautiful um it, it's i i said i said it to karen when we were finished watching it the the show itself is yeah the the it's not um Jeez, what do you call this? Like, I don't, I don't know the exact terminology. I thought I did, but uh, I would conf- figure this to be more of an opera than a musical, because there is no rock opera. dialogue. It's all music. It's just song to song to song to song to song. Like, Wait, really? Like Evita or something. Yeah, there's no. There's very little spoken dialogue. Yeah, wow. and even and even that stuff is set to music and. Like, it's just song to song. I've never actually uh, watched anything like that. That'll be interesting. 
I, I was in Evita in high school, which was like that, and that's where I learned that terminology. So I, I apologize to the world if I'm wrong, but uh, it's it's definitely not there. Yeah, there's no, it's just all the music, and the music is not my flavor, but it is very good at what it does, and it's very effective storytelling. And the big conversation that this brings up is that this should just be a fucking thing like it, it, putting, musicals, putting musicals Broadway musicals like this should be a thing it stop. should be sorry <laughs> all of us I, I, well no uh, stop yeah, actually had films that where they did that they took their productions and they made and that's when, how I saw stomp for the first time in middle school that's the only time when I've you say like this you mean recorded on film for everybody exactly. to be able to see I, right that that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, and that's the way it should be. They should do that for as many musicals as they can, because th- that's this is such if, a great way to get more people to see these shows that are pretty inaccessible. At least, if you want to watch like original cast uh, on Broadway kind of stuff, which is like it's like almost a historical document. This performance is like because. Mm-hmm. You know, the other productions will be put up with other casts, and they already have and what whatnot. But like, there's nothing like the original Broadway cast. No, there's not. It's l- like you were saying, lightning in a bottle. And uh, this kind of stuff should be the norm. And I was talking to Dan about this on SAG last night for a little bit. That you SAG know, is we the both... Stone Age Gamer podcast for those of you. Yes, who don't the Stone know. Age Gamer podcast last <laughs> night. Um, that uh. Uh, th- that this was such a good idea, but then there was also this huge, angry, militant backlash about one, like, no, you're ruining what's special about uh, theater if you're making it so that everyone can just sit and watch it at home. And, you know, Dan made the point of, like, you know, they televise baseball and people still go yeah. see baseball. That's not, that, that's not doing anything. That's the most bullshit argument ever. But then there's also the, the, you push the glasses up their nose like, well, actually, I saw Hamilton for 70 bucks. You can go see anything if you try. Like, no, oh fuck you, you, you can't. Do you want me to do that impersonation for you? Because I'm real good <laughs> you, at that. You went and saw the Z-Team perform Hamilton in fucking San Diego or something, right? That's not original <laughs> cast recording from fucking Broadway. So, stop it. I'll be honest with you, too. The idea of having the original cast recording as as a, a film-type thing the way that this is being done is very appealing to me because like for example when i saw wicked i the first time i saw it i saw it with the original cast and i didn't realize how special that was and then i went and i took my mom and my sister to see it and it was my sister's first broadway play so it was like really exciting for me and i didn't even think about the fact that it wasn't the original cast anymore so we got there and the performance wasn't the same. And they were like, oh, this was so cool, da-da-da-da-da. Meanwhile, like, I've always listened to the original cast recording, and I know all the songs. And we're sitting there through the play, and, like, we're leaving, and they're like, why do you look so disappointed? And I was like, because this is wrong. Everything about this is wrong. I was so crestfallen, <laughs> I just couldn't. It wasn't Adina Menzel and Kristen Jenner. Yes, they that's why. They didn't play the hits. I came here for the hits. It was wrong. Everything about it was wrong. Popular was not sung correctly. I hate this. Glinda's a <laughs> shitty witch. <sighs> <laughs> and that's the thing about even, even this was because uh, I have 
the original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton pretty much tattooed on my brain. I know every <laughs> song, every word, every syllable, and how every like how it sounds yep. like every everything that's emphasized and not emphasized like every minute detail and this performance was different oh no there was so many no 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 like not bad just like this is a different well i mean i'm gonna write a lot of uh, more about this for gig aid but like an original broadway cast recording is done in a studio Mm -hmm. so like it's the most perfect take of perfect takes and everything is just like you know there's no mistakes there's no nothing whereas this this movie it's just you know they're doing it live they might flub a line they might be out of breath from like a quick costume change or something it's just like there's a life to it that Jonathan Gruff might spit a lot yes um, excuse me but that's not what happened when I saw Wicked okay and it just it just brings to life how like theater is a living thing and not you know just like this crystalline perfect thing that you you know have memorized from listening to the recording over and over and over again <laughs> So that's one of them. one of my many reasons why this should be. Um, yeah, I mean, how long has Hamilton shows on Broadway? Uh, four years, I think. I think that so there was the argument stated. You know, this is going to take away monetarily from the Broadway production. People are going to sit and, and it, is, it is complete and total bullshit. Yes, but let's let's say maybe after four years in. Why not get another revenue stream? Exactly. Just like not even four years. How long does a movie sit in a theater before? Like we're talking movies, twelve bucks, twelve to twenty bucks, depending on how much popcorn you eat. And then mm-hmm. two months later, it's on DVD or Blu-ray. Like mm-hmm. that—that's a, 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 a silly argument to have. But then, in, then like they could make more, like. They Keep could that and art form going, or also you could just do what they did with Phantom. I don't know what that is. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, they, Phantom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I always call Phantom for short. I heard Phantom. Um, Phantom of the Opera. Like they just took the movie and did their own thing with it. But I mean, I guess not everybody loved it. I loved it, and I actually like the. I've seen Phantom of the Opera at least three times on Broadway, and. Um, I've I I loved the the movie version like at least the, at least the album the soundtrack like more than I loved the live Broadway version and I loved the Broadway version. But this is this is not this is not the movie version of Hamilton. No 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 it's you know? not. But I'm just saying there are so many options yeah. to make these things available to people. Like if it is really popular on Broadway and you just want to keep it to Broadway specifically in one format, fine. But like. As far as I know, Phantom was incredibly successful. Well, even if, correct me if I'm wrong, this version of Hamilton is no longer available on Broadway because this cast is no longer Yeah, doing the cast it. has all moved on. So, you can't even get this version of Hamilton on Broadway anymore, which, um, from my understanding and from those that know more than I do, this is a better version. <laughs> it's the original cast that, you know, that we we've now fully associated with this production. It's not unknowns so I, I, I look all i'm saying is if they put waitress if they did waitress like this 
I would be a happy camper because nothing against the Nathan Fillion movie, which which is grand. Like the musical version of it is amazing. I don't want to see it again, but I can't take another trip to go see it again. Like I really want to see that again. And listening to the soundtrack is nice, and remembering it is nice. But I want to be able to watch it, and I want my kids when they're older to be able to watch it. You know, that's the other thing about the, these Broadway performances. Like those original casts, they go away, and it's not just for like the immediate. It's for like generations down the line should be able to see that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, this isn't the first time that, it, uh, you know, a Broadway musical has ever been recorded for posterity. There have been original Broadway cast, you know, film versions of a lot of things. It's just that they haven't been, I think, as widely distributed. Mm-hmm. Like, you can certainly get the, the movie, the, uh, you know, the Broadway, the original Broadway cast of... Uh, like into the woods. Into the woods. I, that's, that's a what super I was famous that's how one. I saw it, and it's so good. But like, that's not you know, people aren't like, oh, you know, where is it on streaming? The only streaming is is uh, Broadway HD, which whatever. Not a lot of people are signing up for that. But you know, put it out there. Get it. Get it out there to more people. I the biggest reaction that I've seen to this coming out is from people who hadn't listen to this soundtrack obs- or the cast recording obsessively didn't know it hadn't hadn't watched it before and w- this was their first exposure to it and everyone like that that I saw who watched it was like I liked it a lot more than I thought I would I was surprised now these are people that are never going to spend the the money and effort that would take to go and see it on Broadway but when it's available to them right in their homes and the company who puts it out is making money from them watching it at home so that they win mm-hmm. and then the people watching it at home who never would have gone out to see it get to see it and get exposed to it and we have a a, minor, a much wider audience and like a greater appreciation in society for live theater i don't see why this is bad for anyone this is all good absolutely like when you think about it the the broadway production of a thing is once twice maybe three times a day in one theater in one city now if you spread that out to multiple casts that's not the same show but well let's say so let's say three shows a day in four cities when you're talking a movie you're getting eight nine plays per theater multiple theaters in a city multiple cities in each state like it's not the same revenue stream that they, they, they could be like if book of mormon oh my god I was on that here show. was available this way i would i would absolutely throw money down to watch that i can't throw down the money to go possibly try to you know, get tickets for that show on eBay, then drive X amount of hours to go up north and, like... Okay, wait, for the record, I've seen Book of Mormon on Broadway, and I can tell you that if you do stalk the internet enough for several months, like Chris and Karen were saying, you gotta try hard enough, um, it is possible (laughs) to go see that show, but it did take me... uh, I got really lucky, actually. Uh, It... I looked, and then six months later, I looked again. I hadn't really paid any attention, and there were actually spots available. And people were like, "Oh, it's booked for the next year," and I was like, "Not today." Um, 
But see, and, and that was that sheer turn, luck. How many, how many more people would have seen it if it was a fifteen dollar movie? How many yeah. more times could I they mean, have gotten? F- I would have. You know, that, exactly. Like. So. I mean, it it started with those like uh, fathom events where they you know record yep. live performances and release them in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. This is just the next step of that. And because Hamilton is such a cultural phenomenon that so many, so many, so many people are obsessed with because I think of the, um, mainly I think it's because of the, um, you know, rap hip hop elements of the, of the music that like caught Mm -hmm. the, you know, modern audience. Um, I really forgot where I was going. Oh, I mean, (laughs) this is, words are hard. (laughs) You guys, I wasn't going to talk about this because it's a movie and it's a TV podcast. And so that's why my thoughts aren't super organized. It's, but it's like, talk from the heart, sweetheart. Talk from the heart. I, I am. Girl. And that's why I'm just. Speak <laughs> your truth. It's, it's just because it's so popular is why it got the opportunity to show what this type of thing could, you know, why it should be done more often and more widespread. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I <sighs> so will thank you, you know, Lynn. I'm going. In. I mean, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Do you know how many times a day I thank God for Lynn Manuel Miranda's existence? <laughs> and once again, here I am, just being glad he was born. Um, I'm also just letting you know that I'm going into this exactly how you described most of the people that you're talking about watching it, where they just go in mm-hmm. blind. Yeah, um, you're gonna. I'm. I'm. You know, if this is the last time I talk to you, I'm sorry because I think you might die. <laughs> it's that good. You just might die. Yeah, it's uh. Just you wait. I left it. Uh-huh. I left it that way intentionally. So, okay, moving on. Did you guys watch anything else other than Hamilton this week? Uh, we watched Shield, which was good, and I'm not going to go into uh, a whole lot of detail about it. But um, looking forward to this uh, next episode that's coming up. Uh, they've, we said they've been time hopping, mm-hmm. and this week will be the '80s episodes. Mm. And uh, two cast members were left behind by the rest of the. Uh, <gasps> oh no! By the crew, so it's just these two characters stranded in the '80s together. So. <laughs> That's going to be very funny. I read an um, article somewhere that at some point in time they're going, they're they're time hopping, but um, in the episode they played tribute in a small way to Firefly. Um, oh, yeah, and one of the and it's like so minute. I think one of the characters' name is like S Book or. S Glass, something like that, because it's you know Shepherd Book and. Mm-hmm. I think his name. I want to say it's Robert, but I'm not 100. percent Like it's it's a reference. Philip Glass, I think. Philip Glass, so sure. Philip Glass Ron is a composer. Ron Glass. That's You're right. Ron. There you go. I was thinking of. It's a reference right. to him, and I was like, oh, that's very sweet. Don't understand why they're doing that, but no. <laughs> Any. Well, I mean, the Star sh- Show is still Jed Whedon, so. That is true. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Yachty. Um, the other thing that I watched this week is last night, uh, <laughs> I was just having a day and I sat down and I was like, I just want to watch something good, something happy, something ah. funny, something that will make me feel good. Jericho. Uh, and it was not Jericho. <laughs> I, know. Um, I know what it was. I, so I watched the first three episodes of Netflix new series, <laughs> The Babysitter's Club. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. It was a adorable um 
so it's uh it's really cute it, they did a great job first of all of casting kids that just look like kids okay. like <laughs> so. they look the age that they're supposed to be and they look like regular suburban kids not like you know not 20 year old kids trying to play 12 exactly <laughs> They like the right age, but also like they're not like all beautiful, like you know, perfect looks and makeup and clothes and everything. They just look like regular kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a good job of like modernizing stuff, like because I mean, these show these books were written set in the nineties, so like there's a landline and you know <laughs> there's like, there was again? no social media when the books were written there is you know no me too movement so they did a lot of things they had like the president of the club is now like this raging feminist which is pretty pretty funny um in each episode is like a faithful adaptation of one of the books like i read a lot of these books when i was a kid so i pretty foot like you know it was a long time ago but seeing this stuff on screen i'm like oh yeah that was in a book so like are they mysteries uh, or no they're not they're just like uh i don't Monster know the they're list <laughs> yeah they're just like little little like uh you know middle school level dramas okay. where like you know they have a problem and they solve it and everybody is friends at the end i don't know then they kick it <laughs> sorry just just went and right to vanilla ice in my head right <laughs> yes um they so and each book is like narrated by a different character whoever like the central character of the story is narrates that book Mm -hmm. and they did the same thing in the episode with the voiceover narration um so like they'll have the scenes where you know everybody's just talking to each other but in between those that'll be narrated by a different person in each episode um it's just really good um like good messaging for kids for especially girls but all kids mm-hmm. um and there was a lot of little like nice easter eggs and stuff like um two of the parents from different families are not married to each other but um it, one girl's mom is alicia silverstone <laughs> and the, another girl's dad is uh mark evan jackson from the good place oh. so like, it's like yay these people make me happy and alicia silverstone being someone's mom makes me feel old oh, as yeah. fuck <laughs> oh, yeah wow. but uh, oh no um <laughs> uh, but other than that you know it's just really it just really made me feel nice <laughs> I don't know. Good. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna like keep watching it, but I'm just happy to know that it was. It's being done very well. So. Cool. So Babysitters Club. So that's good. Yeah. That's a good piece of happy. It's nice that they're happy still news. happy out on TV. Yeah. So um. So we have some news. Ooh. Um. <laughs> A couple bits of news. A couple blasts from the past. Uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, Beavis and Butthead are coming back to TV. Yeah, I feel like they do that once already. They're coming from Evan. Um, Why? Why? <laughs> because all that can be produced right now is animation. And so, like, I feel like animation is going to be going through the same, like, reboot boom as everything else now. Or it's like, but what can be- This is like a big MTV reboot in the news this yeah. week, it seems like. Because they're also in that same article. I saw stuff about Daria. And then I think another well, piece of news we have. That was uh, Mike Judd. Mike Judd? Is that it? Or Judge? Judge. 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 He was responsible for Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. Daria. 
Yep. Uh, what's those guys well, that stand outside? He wasn't in. He wasn't uh, the King of the Hill, but he wasn't really in. As far as I know, he wasn't really it's involved in Daria. The character but came from. Yes, it yeah. came from Beavis and Butthead, but that she was. Yeah. I don't think he had anything to do with that spinoff show. Uh, okay. I, but it's but like yes, saying Mike, like Mike the Judge, frog had, you know, from Frog Base, but like he they that, that character showed up there first, right? Like she yes. was in Beavis and Butthead. Yes, okay. she was in Beavis and Butthead. Okay. Yes. All right. So yeah, Beavis and Butthead coming back to Comedy Central. There is a Daria spinoff called Jody with Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. So that is also being launched. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, MTV animation stuff coming I back. Could also, stand to see some Sifflinelli in there. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, happen. what else is that guy doing? Right? What is Liam Lynch doing? I don't know. Dude's busy, but I don't know with but what. I, I think that he would be happy to come back to do that. Did I ever tell you Angela's first reaction to Sifflinelli? Oh God. <laughs> was it I'm gonna throw up no or what the we, hell is this? I, I, you you asked me to get it I got it and I sat we sat in, in the bedroom and watched an episode pretty much in silence and then at the very end of the credits she looked at me both and went what the fuck did we just watch <laughs> and I went I don't know talk to Chris because he's weird <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even want to talk to you about it because I didn't want to know why you liked it. I was just like, I'm going to move on from this and hope to God this does not stay in my mind. <laughs> I think uh, Simple and Ollie is just one of those things that if it hits you at the right time in your life, like it just latches onto your brain. And For me, it's it's so much about the cadence of the delivery of the comedy. They have this really, really good chemistry together. Uh, Liam Lynch and Matt Crocco. And it's it's my kind of weird, which is, yeah, it is. It, it, hilarious. It's definitely my kind of weird, it's but it's also the the comedic timing is ridiculously good. And there's something about the way everything is delivered. Nothing is, uh, no jokes aren't delivered with good timing. And I'm such a sucker for really good timing when it comes to joke delivery. So that's and one of the biggest puppets. things about. And sock There's puppets. also something to be said for it, uh, just having that same kind of quality that the state had, where it's like clearly no one is supervising this and exactly. they can do whatever they yeah. want. Just go ahead, do do what you can do. <laughs> I will say the intro to the show is very catchy. Yeah. Oh my god, the kids love it. They sing it just spontaneously. They do. It's weird. They are it your is, children. <laughs> well, they are they definitely really are. Our and there's so much good music in that show. It's such a happy show. Even when it's not, it's just a delightful show. It's so happy. I'm going to make you guys watch it again one of these days. <laughs> so, another MTV reboot coming down the pike or revival coming down the pike is uh, Clone High from the producers of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, are bringing a revival of Clone High. I think it said two seasons. I don't know I if I so. read that right. I just so, I totally forgot about Clone High, and I was like, I, I know I've seen this, and I, and as I was reading the article, I'm like, oh, that's right. They cloned all of these famous figures in history and put them in high school together. That's genius. Chris, were you a Clone High fan or no? I'm thinking of some. I'm thinking of someone else. That wasn't me. Mm. Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I was never Chris like on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, you got to do what you got to do, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Um, no, I was never like. I've seen Clone High. It was good. 
I don't know that I need. Oh, no. You know more, but sure. Why not? What <laughs> else we got to do? <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's where the bar is set nowadays. What else we got to do? I, I'd watch anything else. I'd, you know what? I'd even watch, actually, not even. I, I would rather be watching Unsolved Mysteries because apparently they're solving some of those mysteries. Yeah, we're going to skip right down to the end. Then, yeah, they're getting a lot of uh, of uh, tips, credible tips, says the Nerdist, are coming in for new, the new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to just jump right into that. Girl, just, it's fine. I am not linear with these new stories. Okay, Did you see cool. what a lot? Because it's saying... 20. Yeah. Uh, is that a lot? Did, did the original OG Unsolved Mysteries not get 20? <laughs> well, I, I, here's what... I, well, they receive... Uh, God knows how many tips they received. They're saying 20 of them were credible, credible. and three of them were, were credible enough to be passed on to the FBI. Nice. So mm-hmm. I would... I mean, I think that's a pretty hard, high bar <laughs> for, like, three pieces of information to come along that are actually useful. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah. how many episodes would they did they drop in that season? First six episodes. Yeah, they only so. information six. from the general public that is useful is not something that happens. Yeah, that, that's no, that's borderline miracle. So you are one hundred percent right about that, sir. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just I thought that was pretty pretty awesome to see, and I still haven't even taken the time to sit down and watch it yet. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to being able to go into it and be like. <laughs> answers yeah i mean it also helps out the show's chances too of there being more of it if it's you know working and doing what it was intended to do yeah so yeah good news there i do Mm -hmm. i do like that i do like solving me a mystery every now and then so we're also getting more good TV in the form of another season of Never Have I Ever, which only I watched, but <laughs> that's okay. That's enough. Uh, it was great. It deserves a second season. I'm real happy about it. I have to I have to ask, though, is that something that you feel like, because you guys know that I tend to work with kids, do you feel like there are lessons in there that are good communication tools for working with children? Is there value to watching that as an adult other than... Like, I'm just going to watch this because? I mean, I enjoy the crap out of it as an adult just for myself, but I also feel that it is, it does a great job of showing, like, you know, tough things that kids face, like, when you have a disagreement with your friends and, you know, how to be gracious and apologize or, you know, you know, ad- admit when you're wrong or, um, you know, uh like take into account that other people are going through stuff too and they know aren't perfect and may do things that you know you don't love but you forgive them because you're they're your friends like it's not as simplistic as i'm making it sound Mm -hmm. but it does a really good job of that okay and things explaining things like that so i absolutely think i mean i would watch it first yourself before recommending it to kids just because you know those kids so you know whether or not they can handle the type of stuff that's in it Mm -hmm. i mean there's definitely explicit language in that show so if depending on the age of the kids you're talking about maybe you don't want to be like (laughs) hey watch this show kid and then they go tell their parents they're like miss andrew told me to watch this fucking show Miss Andrew told me yeah now i know the word fuck so (laughs) you know that's on you the kids that i'm thinking of are definitely old enough that they're already using that kind of language but more importantly 
This was more of a, a question for me just because, like, I haven't even seen these kids in months now b- due to this mm-hmm. goddamn pandemic. Um, but that was one of the things that, like, you know, I used Harry Potter to teach lessons to my kids. Uh, like, I would show them aspects of the film, like, clips or whatever. And I try to use, like, television media and pop culture references where it gives us something to relate about, but it also can be like a really good way to be like hey guys you know i really want you to understand this and in this episode of this show this thing happened and i feel like it might help you guys in what you're talking about in class today like that kind of stuff Um, yeah i think this would be a very good tool for that and this also does a great job of showcasing diversity yeah so like the main character is indian and or indian american i guess and like her culture is a very big part of who she is. Um, and that's something that a lot of kids don't get to see on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking up just the number of names. I mean, like I looked up pronunciation on on the names of some of the cast too, just because it was so interesting to see these names that are definitely in Mm -hmm. like not American, you know, we're used to this like Anglo Saxon white ass Mm -hmm. name. Um, so to see the the diversity of the cast just in the names alone, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like maybe this yeah, will make and the kids characters feel- like uh, the 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 lead girl, they I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to. But the you know they don't make any like Americanizing of her name and like oh you can just call me some shortened form that's easier for white American people to pronounce. They always refer to her by her full first and last name, and like the narrator just spits it out, like it's like oh, yeah, just anybody it's, else's um, name. It's Devi Vishnakumar. Uh, yeah, there and, you go. Uh, her real name was uh, Maitreyi Ramakrishnan, mm-hmm. and yeah, I like I said, like legit, like googled pronunciation for each each name, just because I wanted to like give it that you know justification the do mm-hmm. the due diligence as as anyone right. should when reporting on any person's name so exactly yeah but this is this um i think we talked about this show on this podcast before you joined up with us angie so you did not get the benefit of that but mm. well i'll just have I would to watch it and we'll talk about it on the side <laughs> absolutely i'm down i'm yes. down for that i'm down for season two i'm down for whatever I'm down for Leslie Manville taking over the role of Princess Margaret in The Crown Season Segway. 5. I put that in there for you. I, it meant absolutely nothing to me. I just, I I saw it. I said, hey, maybe she would like to know this because are they doing, I'm assuming they're doing another time jump? Yes. Okay. Uh, they're doing one more time jump and after Season 4 to Season 5. Um, they cast What's-Her-Face uh, Melda Staunton as the Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's-Her-Face um, is fine. I can't. I looked at this picture. I looked her up because um, she looks familiar. Leslie Manville. I can't place her, mm-hmm. but I think she's just one of those Br- British actresses that's like they're all in everything. So you've probably seen her somewhere. <laughs> uh, so you know that's fine with me. That's good news. Maybe Chris has something to say about our next story from ComicBook.com. They're making a TV series at Amazon of the game Fallout. Hell yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, angie has something to say about this yeah that's uh fallout's not really my bag uh, i don't know much about it other than you know it's a 
game that a lot of people think I should play. And Wait, I know more I, about a game than you do. <laughs> well, uh, this it's like not an uncommon occurrence, believe it he, or not. Could, I, don't, I don't care. If it's There's a, retro a lot game. of games out there, and if it's a modern AAA game, yeah. chances are somebody else knows more about it than I do. It's just I, apocalyptic. Future, I don't play these kinds of games. First person shooter. But what the games are really known for is is not just the fact that it's an apocalyptic shooter, uh, first-person shooter. It's also like the character interactions that you have, the diversity of the cast, the way that your choices can affect the, the gameplay and how things pan out for you. Um, looking... It's also heavily politically satired. Oh yes, and isn't was wasn't the original Fallout supposed to be a whole a whole like dig at? Over commercialization and stuff yes. like that, and now it's Disney being World. turned into a television series yeah. on Amazon. Yeah, like it just kind of seems a little counterintuitive to the spirit of what Fallout is. But then again, it doesn't fucking matter because it's going to make them a lot of money because people like Fallout. Yes, and I'll say like it, it, as far as this goes, like. I have seen some stuff because after I saw that I had to start like you know clicking and going down the rabbit hole, um, and I did see a little bit of, of like debate about it, and, and for, I think for reasons like that, and also just because like there are so many different Fallout games and you cannot combine this. Maybe you could. Maybe if they do it right, you could. You can combi combine all of them because it's all each game takes place in different parts of the country. Um, and, yeah, it would be like. Um well, it's an anthology kind of series where each season is in a different location or different time frame. Or it's doable. Yeah. I just it. It seems like this is. I guess the comic book, like the the comic book, the video game market is a a big enough pool for them to draw on. Look, The Witcher show. did extremely yeah, well. That's, for them. And that was now where that, I went. That's not, and that had nothing to do with video the video game. game. <laughs> yeah, it's not a video game property, but it's. It's more well-known, I think, in general pop culture as a video game property than a series of books. Yeah, So even the marketing that they can do... I mean, look, the marketing they already do from that game, or from those games, that game franchise, and now now to have a TV show that brings it to a wider audience, please, let's make bank forever. Um, but I yeah. do wish that's, that people would take more video game stories and try to make a proper like actual good things out of them but you know coming soon to your, to your mini screen the adventures of monkey island on amazon listen oh my god a secret of monkey island <laughs> tv series would be incredible legend of dragoon please and thank you okay you can do all sorts of, there's there's just games like chrono trigger chrono trigger is a game that i've never played but god have i heard so much about it that i'm like just make an anime or 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 a no, not an anime. Just make a TV show that I can watch, please. I can't do anime anymore. I can't. I just. I. W I only watch it with subtitles. It's too much time. Yeah, that that game would have to be an anime, though. Yeah, it would. It's tier. It's Toriyama's artwork is is so so much of the that's, character of that show. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, it doesn't work otherwise. But yeah. So Don't anywho, play Chrono Trigger. It's not that hard. Come on. Oh, stop. Get off my. All right. I'll play Chrono Trigger if you play Fallout. <laughs> nah. Neither one of those games are being played. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> let me let, let me suggest you a like twelve-hour RPG, and you suggest me a nine hundred and fifty thousand-hour. Uh, Don't forget, there's multiple games too. So it's nine hundred fifty thousand yeah, hours per game. Chrono like Trigger nine is of those a games. Super Nintendo game. Fallout is a fucking life choice. Okay. For <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Fallout. 
<laughs> and there's the title of our episode, a folks. Life choice. <laughs> Listen, from what I've heard, Chrono Trigger <laughs> is not just a 12-hour game. That is not. Ju- that is, is a lifestyle, not first? a life choice. Okay. Chrono Trigger is on Super Nintendo, okay. and and you can you will blow through that faster than you'll blow through any modern <laughs> the game. opening credits for fallout <laughs> the character design <sighs> karen did you see that video i put up for you oh that's the best it thing did ever. uh it was adorable <laughs> uh not really news but still very awesome and worth uh <laughs> worth a minute of your time it's uh a little clip from a, a show called Staged with David, which David Tennant is doing from his home during lockdown, okay. uh, featuring himself and Michael Sheen, his co-star from Good Omens, and the inimitable uh, Judy Dench, Amazing. Um, and just discussing the logistics of how people are billed in the cast and what you know how they get whatever titles that they get and then them doing a little riff about you know (laughs) how the two of them could be billed david tennant and martin sheen (laughs) david tennant notwithstanding michael sheen yeah which of course concludes with uh, judy dench introducing david tennant and michael sheen which they both agree is the correct Yes, yes permutation of those uh, <laughs> terms. So and she that was a fantastic pump, little. Pump. <laughs> yeah, to the face pump. She like I will say that is this is the kind of stuff where I'm like even if it's not technically newsy news, it I like it just included as like a pick me up. Yeah, because it's yeah, a nice lot little of thing to brighten your day out there. Yeah, we all need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We do. I, I mean, do. I, I could say. I could have included the hour-long interview that I haven't actually watched yet of uh, between Davy Diggs and Anthony Mackie, but I have that tab <laughs> open on my computer. I'm excited to watch. Oh, when is... Is when excited is, the word? When Falcon is, and Winter is, Soldier? It's Falcon, like huh? inimitable. It's Soldier. like in a... in yeah, What do you call it? It's put off. Yeah. It's delayed. Delayed. If I'm they very, did so like, animated, very they, sad about it. I'm very sad about it because we're all we're very doing sad an, that we're all fucked over by this pandemic yeah. in like every way, but we're doing an know. MCU rewatch every way, like, but the good way <laughs> I see. I foresee the end of this MCU rewatch and, and me being very sad that there's nowhere to go. I still, right. I Aww. like, I don't like they should have done anything that they were do, planning on doing. Um, especially MCU universe forthcoming they should have done like webisodes animated webisodes to just to get the ball ro- they can voice over from home it's fine uh, that's not going to appeal to the same that uh, those that does not have the same audience appeal as live action it oh, just y- yeah but if if it's that or nothing cuz right now it's nothing yeah but if you do that then uh, that's continuity and then anybody who wants to uh, that that's potentially putting off people who want to stay in continuity on the MCU but don't feel like watching a fucking cartoon like uh, that I that would I just They're think wrong. that would cause more more problems than it was worth <laughs> I'd rather them wait and do it the way that they want to do it than uh uh, You're no. willing to wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Exactly. He's willing to wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Wait for All it. right, you guys will get that after you've watched Hamilton. <laughs> I was just but in the say, meantime, I already know that that's a fucking Hamilton reference. <laughs> <laughs> With me, everything's a fucking Hamilton reference. And that's why just I so love you. Know. you. All right, let's take us a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the pilot of Smash, another Broadway hit. <laughs> Stay tuned. 
Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, GeekAid is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. Welcome back. Thanks for checking out our commercials. It's time to talk about Smash. Smash. You can't see it, but I'm doing jazz hands. Uh, <laughs> Whenever you say the title of the show, you have to do jazz hands. It's, it's a, all those jazz hands. These are jazz hands. You call These are spirit fingers. These spirit are fingers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. So, <laughs> Smash debuted in on NBC in 2012, ran for two seasons, tragically only two seasons, and it tells the story of the creation of a new Broadway musical about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, it was uh, notable for including in its cast several Broadway icons, including Christian Borle and Megan Hilty. It was also known for introducing Kat McPhee in her first TV role after her American Idol win, which was a big freaking deal at the time for some reason. And rounding out the cast, you have Deborah Messing, you have Jack Davenport, also known as Com- Commodore Norrington. Commodore Norrington! <laughs> and some, uh, <laughs> some other wonderful names that probably uh, only I am familiar with. And Angelica motherfucking Houston. Um, <laughs> totally forgot she was in this until she showed up. <laughs> totally forgot that. Uh, so the pilot, we see uh, the writers of the show who are Deborah Messing and uh, Christian Borle get the idea from their assistant to write this musical and they're sort of like in their own place where they were supposed to be taking a break because Deborah Messing wants to adopt a baby but not really she really just wants to keep working Mm -hmm. uh, because she's kind of a terrible mom but it's okay that they'll just get rid of her family eventually because they actually do that (laughs) oh Oh god God. spoilers (laughs) I forgot about that shit oh my god we were saying that week after week we're really like where'd her husband go We had so much fun watching this show. Sorry, go on. Um, So they get the idea and reluctantly start to develop the show. They need a producer, which ends up being Angelica Houston, who's involved in a you know messy divorce and needs this show to like you know regain her career. They get uh, Jack Davenport on on board as the director, even (laughs) though he has a feud with Christian Borle as characters, just like they don't get along. Um, and then we have the two stars who um, are vying for the lead role. Uh, Megan Hilty plays uh, Ivy, who is like, she's, you know, a hardworking chorus girl. She's been doing this for ages and just never has had a big role. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's clearly super talented. Mm-hmm. And then you've got 
Karen, who is just, you know, this hick girl from the Midwest who's trying to make it in New York, but also not succeeding. But, you know, compared to her, Ivy's Ivy's career is a lot more successful than hers. Um, so, and, you know, she's got her doubts about whether she should give up and go back home or stay here. And her boyfriend believes in her. Oh All kinds of elements of drama. So I was always going to be in, this t- in the tank for this show because I love Broadway. And this show has a lot of processy stuff about how a show gets made Mm -hmm. uh it has great original songs along with one of my other favorite tv things which is over the top soapy drama (laughs) (laughs) chris and i watched this together in the before kids era and both like ate it up every week Uh, we haven't been back to it since but maybe we will now uh, it's been on my list probably since we started this podcast. It's like, one of these days we got to talk about Smash. And so we're finally doing it. And I am curious to know how Evan, who is not exactly the target audience, and Angie, who went in blind, <laughs> will react to this show. So uh, let me have it, guys. How'd you like all it? Right, Hun, Honey, wait, wait. This is your chance okay, to talk because yes, after let, this. Let me get my mind off. <laughs> let me get my I got to take a deep breath okay. and get ready. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of this show. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, um, I'm so glad. Wonderful. It's freaking it's wonderful. Great. Huge shout out because we didn't really mention it to Dev, her boyfriend. That dude was the bomb. Okay, Catherine's boyfriend, Catherine yes. Karen. He was amazing. Super supportive. Super adorable. Wanted to pinch his cheeks. Fantastic. Everybody okay, else did a phenomenal. Wait, thanks, Grandpa. Evan and Angie. Close your ears, okay? Nope. No. Why? Nope. I'm wearing headphones. That's not how this works. <laughs> I, just because I want to ask Karen a question that I don't remember was like if it ask was a her thing. Later. Fine. I'm just gonna text. I'm just gonna text her then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, keep talking. Um, everybody's in, like like the relationships on this show. Like everybody did so well. You believed that everybody was supposed to be doing what they were doing, and that was like nobody felt out of place. It was it was great. It was fantastic. The my only qualm is for three quarters, if not more, all of the musical numbers were purposeful. Like she is doing uh, an audition, so she is singing. She is doing an audition. She is singing. They do this really neat little thing where they sort of, I don't know. Uh, it's like when they see the potential. It. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, you know, they're doing their dance and music number, and all of a sudden they're on stage. It's just yeah. like yeah, enough. they they flash back and forth between like the rehearsal space and like the visualization of what the production is going to be. Those yeah. were fantastic. And they're in costumes and and I everything. Call, I thought that was like potential vision. Like this is like you're getting inspired. You're seeing and what, what could you, come. What could be? Ha- yeah, I love One that. One thing that takes me out of musicals is when they start singing instead of talking. Like, there oh, is a scene boy. at the very end of the episode where she is s- singing and, like, just, no, like, you were you were acting throughout the whole show and communicating with each other like normal people, and then all of a sudden it, they flip this, this switch, and that sort of takes me out of musicals when they start replacing dialogue with songs. Like they're singing to each other yes. rather than they're just, you know. Yeah, just like talking. she was basically monologuing, right? Like that's what was well, happening in that scene. And then it was it's when like they were, the it was two the of them singing final, at the same time. Right, it was basically was, the end of the episode. Right. It was the final callback or yeah, callback. And mm-hmm. they were both getting yeah. ready and they were b- both walking down the block and both getting into like taxi cabs. And then mm-hmm. they ended up at the, so like 
all of that stuff beforehand would normally be filled with her interaction with her boyfriend or her talking. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a scene where she was talking to her mom on the phone, and I felt so horrible for Ivy. Like, right? She, like that. Those moments. Like if you're singing through those moments, they don't hit the same way. So yeah, it's not like a musical. Like the the drama of the show of the making of the musical isn't as stylized like a musical. It's actually dramatized. And and I like it's, that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, I'm done. It's not too musically. <laughs> Wait, that's all you had? That is I, like I, I really enjoy. I I I know you're gonna fill a lot of time, honey, and oh, it man, is already it five to ten. Oh my god! So, oh, fucking who? Um, all right. There was. I'm going to say there was a scene in this... Okay, you asked Angela to go in blind. I yes. watched a trailer before you actually okay. asked her to go in blind. Because I had okay. no idea what this was about. And then in the trailer, I saw how a a pivotal scene ends. And uh-huh. when we were watching this together, Angela had not seen that trailer. And... I could see, had I not watched that trailer, I would have been reacting the same way she was. But due to the fact that I'd seen the trailer, I, I was trying to keep straight face. I'm like, it's, honey, I know how this scene ends, and it's just not hitting me the same way. So I'm going to have to go stone. Uh, it's only going to be like a minute, but I can't give you... I, can't, I know how the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I know how this ends. Could not handle. And her re- Was it the what? scene with Karen and the director? Yes! <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So in my notes, I'm not even going to lie, from the second he showed up on screen, my notes are... the First, I thought he was the choreographer, then I find out he's the director, and I was like, the choreographer slash director slash douche dot 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 Derek. Then the next note is, in all caps and bold, total fucking asshole. <laughs> and then my notes are yeah welcome to broadway honey oh my god and then i'm like i trusted tom's feelings about him because he seems to have way too big of a stick up his ass and it seems to also be powering the inflation of his ego and then like my notes turn into because it was like this whole just section of like outlining my feelings on Derek, which were all <laughs> negative and then like karen for the private audition uh absolutely not in all caps i was utterly panicked and then at the by the end of the scene my notes are in all caps again i love her yes fuck yes 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 she she did the air punch like she was sitting on the floor her leg kicked out and she did an air punch i'm happy dancing in my chair so um Okay, thoughts, feelings. I will just give you my thoughts and feelings about the show as this sure. episode was because I would like just to just to give you my overall feeling at the end of the episode. I was like, "Oh my fucking god, yes." And I just I wanted more <laughs> and Evan almost like pity played me the second episode. He's like, "Babe, it's really okay." And I was like, "Fuck you. No it isn't. I have to keep this as it is in my head." And I just, like, I loved it. I got chills multiple times, like, throughout the show, watching the numbers and hearing the musical aspects of it, like, hearing the songs. And and I just, oh, my fucking God, this, like, lit my soul on fire in such a good way. (laughs) So, um... The the first thing was <laughs> when when they're introducing their introductions were really interesting because it was a very organic way to introduce characters, but the assistant like uh, you know they the scene starts where like they're walking into uh, this room. Tom and Julia are there, and and like they haven't really just given out each other's names yet. 
And so you have the assistant there, and I have hit in my notes, organizer and tea drawer, who is he and why is he so amazing? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, assistant, he's super cute, because he was just so adorable. So <laughs> I didn't do it, I swear. Okay, I emailed it to my mom. Yeah. And Aww. my line for the episode was almost, you're fired. Is he fired? Because, <laughs> oh my God. So, um... And getting into like the 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 lead one her name is her name Karen that's her name the the yes. okay the Karen. brunette yeah I brunette like eh, she was kind of eh, like not leaving much of an impression on me I was like ooh she's pretty what else is new but then she got cast because she's one American Idol like right. whatever like <laughs> yeah see that was like watching going into the episode I knew nothing so I'm going in completely blind and not knowing this I'm just like okay wow she's just another pretty face move on um but julia like little things about just her facial expressions like the eye twitch at one point was like just it was little stuff or like her very subtle and i do this to evan so it just made me laugh where she's having the conversation with her husband like well what if and he's like well if it was gonna be a thing maybe there'd be a baseball number and then she's like mm-hmm. and you just see the wheels turning and i like <laughs> and then he's like you said you were gonna work and you know her back and forth with him and i'm like oh my god i do that to evan like well hypothetically if we were gonna do this thing you definitely don't want me to do how would that look um <laughs> Their interaction in the bedroom when she he's looking at the review of the leaked footage, and she was like, she called like something to the effect of she, he called her him a little Nazi or something, a, a Napoleonic Nazi. <laughs> That's it. And then he's like, he loved it. She jumped into bed. He's like, you know. They don't give that guy enough credit. Yeah, he like knows her what turnaround <laughs> when he's reading it and just laugh at like they're uh, just. I, I have to say, like right from the get go. Um, all the characters were endearing and I found that um, every single character had was catching my interest by the end of the episode. Um, so I really like that. I love the fact that like when Tom talks to Ivy, I got the impression he really cared about his cast, which I thought was cool because, you know, contrasting Tom with dickhead Derek, like, ugh. Um, and I don't know how much of that is genuine, but it feels genuine at, for the first episode at least. Um, and also like when the contrast for the auditions, like when Karen and Ivy both are walking into that first edition, like that same edition and, sh- and you see her go in after and she walks in and like fluffs her hair and she's like, okay. And she's like ready to do this. And she's a pro. Yeah. And you see her confidence. And, and then I was so surprised mm-hmm. she didn't get the audition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really it was cool to see the contrast in two different styles of presentation and yet they're both still at that point of struggle so right. I loved that aspect and I think as a, as a creative person I related a lot to that feeling um, which I did not expect like I, I felt their rejection on a very personal level so there's a lot of nonverbal communication in this show yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and deborah mm-hmm. messing i what, what was the name of that show uh, damn it uh, will and grace will yeah. and grace i used to watch will and grace all the time and i loved her in it it was her her comedic timing her facial expressions all that she's very good at it and as we're watching this episode you saw 
waves of emotion in back and forth, especially when they're doing the uh, the auditions, where they're flashing back and forth between Derek and Tom, and you like Tom knows he's pulling for you know we all know Tom is pulling for Ivy, but mm-hmm. when Karen does her audition, you could see on Tom's face like, damn, she is good. This is a problem, mm-hmm. but he's not outright like. And then Derek's perk up of oh, she didn't come in, you know, dressed as. Marilyn Monroe, You're how, the how only refresh- woman who's refreshing! Not dressed as Marilyn, and as she's performing, you could see all of the emotion, all the ideas going through all that has. It's 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 very difficult to get that much across with just a, an eye twitch or a a, a a a head nod, if you will. And mm-hmm. everybody in the show is doing it really well. Yeah, and and so like on the note of talking about Julia as a character, like I, it's funny that you said that she's a terrible mom, Karen, because in that first episode, I got the impression that she was a workaholic, but that despite the fact that she was workaholic, she is just a very passionate, driven woman, and it felt to me as though she is actually someone who's family oriented. So to hear that she is a terrible mom, I was worried that it could go in that direction, but it makes sense considering like how demanding her job seems to be. Um, mm-hmm. So that, and then like talking about terrible parenting, uh, Karen and her parents, that dinner scene, oh my God. Like, first of all, again, can I just say how much I relate on some personal levels, you guys, because I have literally been that person who it's like, oh, you're a waitress. And then her boyfriend comes in and goes, she's an artist, not a waitress. And I was like, Mm -hmm. fuck yes, you are a champion of justice. You are a fucking white knight. I love you. Yes, thank you. And then mom mouthing marry him. Oh my God, fucking perfect. (laughs) But just like that entire, like, when she's like, well, you know, dad, sometimes dreams are hard to accomplish. And he's like, well, sometimes they're impossible. And I was like, sometimes your fucking dick should fall off. Wow. Like, (laughs) damn. It just, I was so infuriated by him because, guys, like, I can tell you on a very real level what it's like to try and be a freelance artist full time and to see, like, these women struggling and, like, oh my God, it's just so real. It's so real. So fucking real. Like, who hasn't, who, who is there who is an artist who has not been it where these women are? Right. And, and and that goes for any any person in a create. It just happens to be that this is a, around a female character. So again, like it's just that feeling of like, yeah, I've been there. And also like that absolute disconnect between the two parents and how they view the role. And like, it, there's just a lot there. Um, They're obviously both on Team Dev, though. Uh, obviously. Both. Well, I mean, who <laughs> would not I mean? on Team Dev? <laughs> he is. He is quite dreamy. He, and it's not even it's not even about looks right now. Like I'm not even saying and he's no, a that, good looking no, man. Though, like wait, that, that dude had the answers. Like he yes. knew what to say. That man had a fucking script and like <laughs> it just rolled right it, he knew exactly how to handle him. Yeah. Like you no no no, you're wrong about your daughter. Without this is what saying she is. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cuz he and, he delivered every single piece of it with just like per, with, the, the, with, just with, such perfection just no this is what she is she's wonderful and you did a great job of raising this wonderful daughter yeah. and you're fucking wrong and shut up yeah <laughs> and when you're an artist and you're in that position sometimes you need someone like that in your corner who yeah. uh can speak for you because like your emotions are too close to it for you to be able to like defend your choices yeah 
No, he like he could deliver one hell of a charismatic backhanded comment. Like, <laughs> and that's you know, it's it's perfect for that situation because like it's it's you know arguing with your parents is one thing, but then like they both respect this dude. They're like, no, this is the dude that should be marrying our daughter. Absolutely, this guy's great. And then he's the one who's correcting them of like. Stop belittling this shit. It's serious. Mm-hmm. I should be marrying her, not the other way around. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really, really great aspects of this character, and I'm excited to see like how he... De- I really hope that he's going to have a good role in this show. Because <laughs> that's, that's why the range of emotion that she was portraying whilst she was doing that... Happy birthday, Mr. President scene. Oh my like, that's what it was like. Not, no, oh not to Dev. Don't do that to Dev. Don't oh you dare God. do that to Dev. Okay, yes, you didn't do that to Dev. Yeah, like when she just leans in and she's like, never going to happen. I was like, fuck yes. Like, there should be fireworks and sparklers and like, Dev should just actual project into the scene right now. Like, just. He should force ghost him. Yes. Like, I, my celebratory elation in that moment is. Yes, I just could not like, only to be, be only happier. to be uh, s- circumvented by the sheer anger in which the the black screen with the first line of credits showed up. Oh God, yeah. She's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, I was Whoa, offended. Okay. I was we offended have time, by those honey. Credits. We can watch another one. No, no. I'm like, okay. Um, well, I do have to lay out a piece of warning here. Oh, no. I know and where the show is, goes. If that's what you're going to say, as far as quality. No, really? Okay. No, no, no. I don't. I, I would not necessarily agree with that as far as quality. I okay. mean, it goes places. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is when Karen mentioned this to me, like, we should really do a rewatch of this. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that because the show doesn't end. Oh, no. It ends, but it doesn't end. It yes. stops. It was fucking canceled. Right, oh. and, and that's tragic. So that's why I was talking I, I don't about wanna, a drop. I don't want to do that to myself again, because I really enjoyed this show, and I was really fucking bummed when it... Week after week, the uh, the the ratings would drop and drop and drop, and I don't know I don't know why people were tuning out. I mean, it could have been any number of things, but... Definitely not dead. It, it 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 really kind of baffled me that this show wasn't able to retain an audience because it was I mean it's it's very soapy don't get me wrong but there's nothing wrong with that that's that's fun it's a fun show and it's well made and the characters are interesting characters don't always act the way you expect them to there are twists and turns and I, it was fun it was a fun watch but as much as I really enjoyed watching this episode again and thinking to myself, like, man, because I, 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 I love being a stage performer. I just, I really do. And this show brings out so many feelings for me in that department. But the thought of getting to the end of it, and I, I don't remember exactly where it ends. And I kind of want to keep it that way because the thought of getting through all of this and then having my heart broken all over again because, like, well, it doesn't fucking end mm. is is kind of like it it bothers me and that I feel like it takes a lot for a show that gets canceled like that to make me want to be okay with watching it again. Like Sports Night, I'll watch over and over again because I can kind of pretend that was an ending, but uh. I don't think you can do that with this show, and that's just kind of a, a general warning to you guys. Like, yeah, it's it's great, and 
I could see where the argument is that the the quality uh, wavers a tad, but um, it doesn't end. <laughs> I think I think maybe it for a rewatch, it's not worth re-enduring the heartbreak. But I feel like to experience it for the first time, I think it's worth it. I would agree with that. Yeah, that is that is a bit of a different animal. And I'd, I'd, I'd argue that I really want to, like I said to Evan after we watched the first episode tonight, I am tempted to put aside all other television watching and put this at number one priority on my list right now. Like, that's how good I felt about this show. Um, well, that's flattering. Well, <laughs> Karen, I always told you. Okay, so listeners, just a heads up. I listened to this show before I became a part of this show and I fangirled so hard over the things that Karen is into because I was like I totally get it <laughs> um, and when I first met Chris and Karen IRL uh, sorry. I, it was really weird talking to them because I had this sense of like I know things about you that I feel like I shouldn't know because I've listened to you talk on your podcast um, so Karen would be like oh yeah I really like this thing and like I know I remember when you said that because I was thinking this this and this and I was like don't say that you fucking weirdo um so yeah so there's very much this feeling of like i've always appreciated the suggestions that you make and your your love of broadway has outweighed mine but has always still made me feel like we're sharing something and so for you to make a suggestion about the show and to tell me to go in blind i feel like you gave me a gift um you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) and so going into this like i went in blind but then afterwards i started again rabbit hole um and so i wanted to know like why the show got canceled after only two seasons and what had happened and so i did a little bit of research without spoiling the entire plot of this show and all of the things that happened for myself um I I did a little bit of reading and I know some of the stuff. So you guys were saying like I don't know why it ended this way or like talking about the abruptness and the the falling ratings. So one of the things that I saw was that a lot of what went wrong with the show was behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Teresa R- Rebeck or Rebeck, I guess. Uh, Rebeck, I don't know. Fuck her. <laughs> fuck you, Teresa. You ruined everything. I don't know. No, just kidding. She, I mean, she helped launch this show but um i mean in the history of the show she so this was the first time she was a showrunner on a show for those of you guys who don't know what a showrunner is i did research today about the um hierarchy of like television because i don't fucking know what any of the terms mean but the showrunner is basically the most powerful executive producer on the show you are like the boss you are the top of the pecking order and everyone basically answers to you and the only person you answer answer to is the network so she was given a lot of power and basically this from what i could find doing research was the first and last time she was a showrunner and worked on on a tv show uh, and has since just moved strictly to broadway stuff so um she some of the reporting i was reading was basically that the crew loved her initially because she was kind of like she pushed back against the network and she was not afraid to try really crazy like Uh, out of the ordinary things but she was also kind of a dictator so um she was reported as feeling like she was undermined by the network because they didn't just like give her the show they gave her the show and sort of a babysitter um and because of that like she and i think uh i think it was josh saffron who was her babysitter i can't remember I'm, i'm gonna have to double check that um 
but pretty much like she she was pissed that like they didn't trust her to just kind of do it on her own um Mm -hmm. and so she was like uh oh it was david marshall grant a playwright and actor okay so um she was basically like kind of bitter about it and then she also decided not to have a writer's room which many of you anyone who's ever watched 30 rock knows how the importance of a writer's room okay um Mm -hmm. but so to have like all of this behind the scenes trouble it sounded like by the end of the first season they were like we're fucking done with you they gave her the boot and then everything after that was just playing it safe and the audience knew like the audience could Mm -hmm. tell they were like you like her her writing might have become very controlled and um created some disjointed interactions and lack of character growth in areas because writers did not have the ability to completely connect but apparently uh without her they were even worse off so that's that's what i was seeing from my research is that this show was basically killed by behind the scenes bullshit that created inconsistency that the fans then picked up on and from there it was just a snowball of bullshit which is a damn shame because this is such a great story um it is getting new life where they're actually making this into a musical now really uh, yeah, they're making Smash on Broadway. Nice. I'm unclear as to like whether it's just they're making the Maryland musical and putting it on, or whether they're making a musical of Smash and like the Maryland musical will be part of it, but also the making of it will be part of it. Don't know whether that's the case, but some form of Smash the musical is coming to Broadway in the coming years. That would be what, so I, what cool. I like. I would looking up on uh, IMDb like the trivia. And it's like the Maryland musical that is continuously continually referenced in the pilot was a Broadway flop that lasted at the Minskoff Theater, 17 performances. Also started starred Allison Reed as Marilyn and Scott Bakula as Joe <laughs> DiMaggio. Whoa. <laughs> I was in that's 1983. Really um, did you guys Yikes. know that Steven Spielberg was connected to this project? Uh, don't think I did, no. I thought that was pretty awesome. When it was first uh, being produced, it didn't start out on NBC. And so um, the initial creation of it was actually an idea that was like partially thought up by Steven Spielberg. And his thought was that like they would spend each season pursuing a different musical on the show. And if the musical looked like it was going to be popular, then they would actually turn it into shows. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have liked that. Like Broadway shows. Yeah. So, <sighs> But it was not to be. No, it was not, unfortunately. But it was just, wow. uh, it, I'm, I'm really grateful for this. And this makes me want to go down a rabbit hole of just watching musicals. Um, but I will say that this... Listen, I'm there anytime, any day. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, so here's the thing. I will ask you guys, which way should I go first? Because the series is said to be inspired by The West Wing and Upstairs, Downstairs, which are, I don't know, I've never watched either of those shows, but everyone talks about how amazing The West Wing is. And I'm just wondering, like, is this the wrong time in life to watch that show? <sighs> it's such a difficult question because it's such a really good show, but it will it may make you sad about the current state of affairs. I'm already sad yeah, about Yeah, I mean, it, so that's how I worse? feel about it. It's... It's one of the, it's one of those things that's like oh, so uh, yeah people um, pe- good people wanting to do good things just because they're the right thing to do like that's a 
that's just not something you see in the world. I don't know what that means. That makes zero sense to me. Is the opposite of reality right now. It is truly a fictitious thing. It's a hundred and fifty something, fifty six episodes of what should be and what actually isn't. Yeah, and and that's uh, it's it's a it's an Aaron Sorkin show, so you know anything Aaron Sorkin is great. What else has Aaron Sorkin worked on? Buckle up, Sports Night, night, um, Newsroom, and uh, Studio Sixty 60 on the Sunset Strip. I've never heard of those shows. So cool, cool, cool. We have them all. Sports Sports Night is outstanding. Sports Night is like. One His of my best show. Go to is I I go back to that all the time, and he does a monthly rewatch see, of it. You get to see a young uh, Clark Gregg at the end of it. Ooh, young Agent Coulson before Agent Coulson was a thing. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I'm alright with that. Uh, I know Sports Night's just great. It's it's very much aged. You know, it's uh, it starts off with a really obnoxious fake laugh track, but uh, outside of that, it's uh, it's a wonderful show. Um, st- uh, then they after Sports Night was West Wing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ran forever, and it was a great show. Seven, Seven seasons. seasons, yeah. Yeah, it, it went on a long time, and it was it's consistently good. Uh, then you get uh, Studio sixty, which was his flop, basically. Hmm. That show launched at the same time as Thirty Rock. Oh, and it was kind of a very similar. Um, so premise, like, yeah. the totally different kind of show. Totally different but tone, a, same premise. Yeah, same same premise, more or less. It was like okay. this this network uh, is what what Aaron Sorkin wishes NBC was, and uh, this show, uh, Studio Sixty, is basically Saturday Night Live, uh, and it's all about the behind the scenes drama there, and it's really cool to get to see. Um, it's very much behind the scenes of making a sketch comedy show, and uh, it's cool to see uh, what's his name Chandler. Uh, yeah, Matthew Perry. Matthew, Matthew Perry. Perry in a quasi-romantic, uh, not romantic, uh, dramatic. dramatic role. Um, it's it's great. I, I really like it. It's definitely the weakest of his shows, but that's not saying much. And then the newsroom was on HBO, and that's that show's a goddamn masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And what I like best about Sorkin shows. Sorkinson shows is that you can turn on any one of them and know that he has a a tone and a visual aesthetic that you know what you're watching. You know it's that you know it's one of their shows. It's like a signature. And, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, he does have a signature feel and a lot of signature lines that are repeated. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's there's definitely so he definitely has some 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 things some wells that he travels back to, uh, which is fine. I feel like um, it's always a behind the scenes, like like it. So West Wing is behind the scenes of the political office. Um, yeah, the, thirty sports night is behind the scenes of a, a sports show. show. Uh, yeah, sports exactly, show. that's that's kind of what he does. But he also writes teams really well, which like a long time ago I had said. I really wish they would get Aaron Sorkin to do like the fucking X Men or something oh, because this guy writes people working together really well mm-hmm. even people working together with opposing ideals with um to, to 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 put put their differences aside for the greater good that's what he writes really well and i would love to see him do like a superhero team i would just love that i am into all of this right now hell yeah so yeah, watch uh, watch some Aaron Sorkin shows. They're great. I I've been I've been itching to watch a little sports night myself, but since I no longer have the job that I once had, I don't have any time to watch television on my own. 
And that's not suitable for children. <laughs> no, it's not. They it, just no. won't get all the not jokes. Not that it's like, yeah, they won't get the jokes. They'll think it's boring, so. Well, that's about all the time we have for the Sorkin cast. <laughs> 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 Did anybody else have anything else left to say about Smash? Uh, it was fantastic. Check your great, notes. Great, great show. Great I will say my, the one thing that hasn't been said that I feel needs to be said is that if uh, Let Me Be Your Star does not make you tear up, you are a robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and also... also <laughs> I also want to say that Commodore Norrington is a complete creep on this show, but he's great. Like, he's that actor, highly watchable. Yeah, he's highly watchable. That actor is wonderful. Everyone in this show is wonderful. I'm not a fan of Deborah Messing. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm... I've experienced her say some, like, really shitty things in the world, so it's, like, more of a personal thing, like, uh, well, she's kind of ruined for me. That, and I never thought Will and Grace was, you know, worth the shit it was printed on, so. <laughs> it's amazing how Chris and I are friends. <laughs> that's just my thing. I never watched um, it, so I'm but, going in completely open. Everyone else in the show is a damn delight, so. Big fat thumbs up. Yeah, Karen, thank you for an excellent choice. <laughs> you're welcome it just goes to show you like if you have something on your list forever and ever don't give up on it you eventually you will yeah, get around to discussing there it there was the possibility of us not watching this because you gave yeah. us the option I did yeah. and you guys all chose this yeah. and you so you guys correctly. chose well we chose wisely you gave us good things to choose from I guess well, that being said, darling, do you have a spiel for us? You can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and find us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on uh, Twitter in various places on the internet. I am at Geekade Chris on Twitter, and... That's pretty much it. Uh, Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon on Twitter or at STM Stitches on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Kikade, what about you, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, underscore Evan? Kikade <laughs> underscore Evan. And Angie, where can people find you? Twitch.tv slash LaraCraft13. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekate.com for more fresh, original content. Back to you, Karen. It is me. Um, yes. Uh, quick it's programming me. note. If you guys did not uh, catch our... Announcement last week, we are switching up our format. We've all got uh, a lot of different things, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things going on. So we are going to be taking this podcast monthly. So our next episode will be the first Thursday in August, at which time, Christopher, we will be discussing what? Uh, I don't know specifically what this episode is. I just knew I wanted to watch this show. So I just randomly picked an episode. So we are going to watch a show that I haven't seen in a very long time. I remember extraordinarily fondly, but uh, I have no idea if it holds up. We are going to watch The Wonder Years, oh Season God. 3, Episode 7, The Family Car. Ooh. All right. 
the Wonder Years, there's a long-running uh, thing that my mother likes to quote from this show that just, you know, makes me blush as much as it did back when we first watched The Wonder Years when I was a kid. And Angie, you probably never saw The Wonder Years, right? Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, Hold on. Okay. Before we say that though, I've seen things like I Love Lucy, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched. So yeah, I but had... none of that was done okay. while we were alive. That's just re- like... I'm just that's just that. classic television. Classic Not only that, but that stuff is classic TV that's been syndicated pretty significantly. The Wonder Years actually kind of disappeared for a while, especially in the realm of like, can I watch this show on DVD? No, you can't because it was not made <laughs> What's for What's a DVD? <laughs> There's so much music licensing and stuff that was just like uh, this show's got some got a history with uh, being available. But... Well, okay. I tried. I tried to sound like I had some sort of credibility. I understand where you're coming from. I have been frustrated in my past for, you know, older people thinking that I couldn't possibly appreciate something that was before my time when, in fact, I or I was well aware of it. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, no, Ange. Well, all all I'm saying is, no, you have every excuse for having not having seen this show. Like, that it, it has not been easily watchable for a very long time, so... Don't want anyone to give you crap for not having seen The Wonder Years. Wow. Well, all that's going to change because next time we all meet, we will be discussing The Wonder Years. But that's going to wrap us wrap it up for now. So for all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Karen. I'm Angie. I'm Evan. Smash! <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day. <laughs>